Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of God of all ages, welcome to the City Place Church Podcast. Wherever you are in the world, we thank you for making the time to tune in. Take a moment to get focused, clear your mind, close your eyes, open your heart, and receive what God has for you on this day. Come on, City Place. Man, there is nothing like the presence of the Lord. And so again, my name is Damon, and I want to welcome you to City Place Church today. Uh, on behalf of my wife, Taisha, and everyone that's a part of City Place Church, welcome. Do me a favor, like and share today's message no matter where you are. I promise you God wants to say something, and God wants to continue to encourage your heart. Hey, I want to say thank you to everyone that hangs out with us every single week. You know, we've been praying and asking God to just continue to allow us the opportunity to spend time with you. We've been working behind the scenes to bring our in-person services uh, online to you live. And so continue to pray because we ran into a couple of hiccups in the process. We've been asking the county where we meet to allow us access to their internet service. And uh, they said no at first. And so we're, we're, we're praying and saying, God, what do you want us to do? And trying to find ways to bring you into the live experience 100%. And so uh, during the month of November and December, uh, as part of our seeds offering, we use part of our seeds offering to begin to invest in our online experience. So I just want you to know that we are working towards that. Uh, we're still moving, we're just, um, working through some of the obstacles to make sure that we have this experience for you. And so uh, we can't wait to where we can really engage with you and talk with you uh, in a live uh, aspect. And so um, I'm excited to just see what God is going to do and the doors that God's going to open up for that experience. So are you excited about us moving and taking steps? But let's pray so that we can get over that one hurdle as well. We've been in a series called uh, Don't Drink the Poison. And over the last couple of weeks, we said that we needed to really find our place in our relationship with God through discipleship, because if we're not careful, we will live a surface life in Christ when God never designed that. And we actually said this, that longevity doesn't equal spiritual and natural maturity. We said that God is literally wanting us to grow spiritually deep in him and spiritually mature in him, but sometimes life situations can throw us off. And we said that we had to be aware that the closer we get to Jesus, the closer we get in our relationship with Jesus, there is an enemy that wants to take us out. There is an enemy that wants us to be distant in our relationship with the Lord. And so as you're watching today, I wanna challenge all of us to lean in as best as we can, because we're going to finish up our series, Don't Drink the Poison. We, we, we identified six poisons that the enemy brings. And we said that we have to make sure that we focus in on the fact that he is after us and that he, he is going to try to create a distance. And so we identified six. The first one was a lack of awareness of your enemy, a lack of awareness of your enemy. We said that if we aren't aware that there is a devil that is out to push us away from God, we're at risk. Our natural life is at risk. Our spiritual life is at risk. We said that we have to be aware that the enemy is going to attack our, our natural life 
trying to poison our spiritual life. And so that was the first one. The second poison pill of the enemy was pride. Number three was distraction. Number four was divisions. Five was wrong agreements. And last week we landed on number six, offense. And as I was getting ready to pivot, I just felt like the Lord just said, stay one more week because God really wants us to grow in spiritual maturity. And we have to deal with this issue of offense. All throughout scripture, there's moments where offense rose. And Jesus said this in Luke chapter 17, verse one, if you have your Bibles, you're, 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 you're taking notes. Jesus said this, he says to his disciples, he said, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to those whom they do come. Like Jesus said, listen, offense is certain to happen. You can't shake it. You can't avoid it. It will happen in your life. But he said, be careful that you don't allow it to settle in. And here's how it's defined in Scripture. Here's how it's defined in Scripture. In, in our natural, we know that it's a, it's a consistent hurt. It's, a, it's something that stays and, and it's hard to get over. It's that, that frustration. It's that, you know, it's, it's that blame towards a person. It's that pain that, 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 that stings beyond imagination. But when we look at Scripture, here's what it means. It means to put up a stumbling block or impediment in a way or in the way upon which another one may trip or fall, to entice to sin, to fall away. It means to cause a person to begin to distrust or desert one whom they sought to trust and obey, to see in another what you disprove of and what hinders you from acknowledging their authority, to cause one to judge unfavorably or unjustly towards another, to be entangled with the feelings of being annoyed, to cause one to displease at a thing, and to be indignant. Jesus says, listen, you will be presented with opportunities to distrust and disobey God. You will be presented with opportunities to distrust a spouse, distrust a friend, distrust your boss person, distrust a community, distrust a leader. You will be presented with an opportunity to be displeased, to disprove of, to, to, to not acknowledge their authority, to act out. You will be presented with all of these things in your life. Woe to those when they come. But Jesus made clear that offenses will happen. See, we have to be aware. That was the first poison is how the enemy tries to hide himself and Others get the blame and really he's the source of so many problems. See, the enemy's out there to just try to break everything apart. So we have to be aware that he's coming after us. The Bible actually says in first Peter chapter five, it says, be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, but resist him being steadfast in the faith, knowing that you're not the only one going through it. So literally, as the enemy is trying to come after you to create separation from you from God, he's doing that to somebody else as well. 
So if you can imagine if there's tension in your home, frustration in your home, he's trying to pull your spouse away. He's trying to pull you away. He's trying to pull your kids away. He's trying to pull you away. He's trying to put, pull that friend away. He's trying to pull you away. And then the Bible literally says that it's not just happening in your home, in your community. It's happening literally all around. So we have to be aware that there's an enemy. And Jesus says, woe to you when they come. You will be presented with the enticement to sin. But he says, make sure of one thing, you know that it will happen. See, there are two stages that I want to challenge us to, to make sure that we see offense. See, we're going to see offense through two, two stages. I'm going to read a scripture and we're going to point them out. Because I want to dive in and I feel like there's just a little bit more because the whole purpose of this year and you like the shirt. Hey, we have these available at our in-person service. We want to make sure that you get them. God wants to do above and beyond. We have declared Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask, hope or think according to the power that works in us. But when Paul was writing Ephesians chapter three, when he gets to verse 14, he starts talking about how it's his prayer that we will allow God to grant unto us his glorious riches and how we'll be rooted and grounded in love and how we'll come to know the full measure of the fullness of God and how we'll discover beyond our comprehension the knowledge of Christ. Paul's literally saying, I want you to be anchored and equipped for more. I want you to know that God has called you more to more than just something that surfaced. He wants you in a growing relationship. And this is why we said you and I need to be discipled because if we're not discipled and passionate about Christ, then we sit in surface Christianity to be discipled or to be a disciple means to be a fully devoted follower of Christ. We have to be rooted, but there's two stages of an offense. And we're going to look at a story in second Kings chapter five, second Kings chapter five. It's the story of Naaman. And here's what it says in verse one. Now, Naaman was the commander of the army of the king of Aram. <clears throat> he was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now, bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria. He would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, 10 sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king read, with this letter, I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. When Elijah, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robe, he sent this message to him. Why have you torn your robe? Have the man come to me and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. Let's go down to verse nine. So Naaman went with his horses 
chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him to say, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not the rivers in Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in rage. This morning, we're continuing part three of don't drink the poison. But as I was thinking about this, a little subtitle came to my mind. Dipping ain't easy. Dipping ain't easy. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. We thank you for your presence. Jesus, do what only you can do. I pray that as I communicate, Jesus, that our heart is open for you to change us. That we'll be aware of the enemy's plots and schemes and how he's been trying to throw up roadblocks and obstacles to have us fall. I pray right now for every heart that's been sitting in hurt or pain or frustration that's been lingering. I pray that you prepare our hearts to encounter you and silence our enemy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Two stages of an offense. The first stage of an offense is the feeling of offense. The Bible says that there's a guy by the name of Naaman who is a leader in his nation, but he has leprosy. Leprosy back in biblical days was a, was a disease by which you were kept at distance because people felt like that if they came in contact with you, that they would get what you would get. It was a skin disease and it kept people away. And so the fact that Naaman was walking now as a respected leader with this incurable disease, he was distant. He was kept outside. But the Bible says, <clears throat> watch now, that there was a girl. She says to him, Master, there's somebody that can change your life. He says, OK, I'll go. He goes to the king. The king says, go. He starts walking and in his mind, he has this plan of how it's going to take place. He gets to Elijah's house. Elijah doesn't even come downstairs. Elijah says, go dip seven times. He says, you want me to do what? You, you want me to go dip in this dirty water? It would have been better if you would have sent me over here to Damascus where the water is beautiful. I thought that you would have gone to come down. You were going to wave your hand over my area and I was going to be cleansed. I had in my mind how this would take place. See, the first stage of an offense is the feeling of an offense. Like Jesus said, whoa, you will be presented with an opportunity to be offended. Elisha says, hey, you are about to encounter the presence of God. You are about to encounter the healing power of God. Go dip. Naaman says, listen, dipping ain't easy. I don't want to do that. I have already scripted out how I want this done. Write this down. Stage number two of an offense is the choice to live or not live offended. The choice to live or not live offended. The choice to live or not live with distrust and feeling deserted. Intentional pain being caused. 
the, the, the choice to live or not live purposely while trying to, to not fall. The, the, the choice to live or not live with an enticement to sin. The choice to live or not live with a lack of trust or disobedience. A, a choice to live or not live acknowledging the authority of God. A choice to live indignant or displeased. It, it, like, there's two stages. There's the stage of feeling like you're offended. I thought, I thought this was going to be different. Or the thought, or the stage of living with or without being offended. Naaman decides that he was going to drink the poison. He had already scripted out what he felt like it was supposed to be. He, he's about to have this encounter with God. He's about to see God move, but he chooses to not hear that his miracle, his encounter with God was the way that God scripted it out. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I've scripted the plan of how I want God to do it. And if God doesn't do it in the way that I want him to do it, I get frustrated. I get upset. I feel like he doesn't want to do it. I'm pointing the finger at him. And then I have to remember that there's an enemy who's trying to pull me away from God. I'm the one that tried to script it for God. I'm the one that tried to figure out how I would do it if I was God. I'm the one that had an expectation of God that, 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 that I would handle it if you, you know, if you let me, I'd do it this way. And God's like, I want to meet your need. But I want to meet it this way. Some of us that are watching today have been holding on to frustrations and pains with God the Father because we've tried to script it out and it didn't happen the way that we did it. And it's the enemies used that and created a divide to where now you're like, uh, it is what it is. No, you have an enemy. It's a poison pill of the enemy to make you go. Yup, it was him versus you going. No, it was you. You have an adversary walking around trying to take you out to create a distance between you and the father. Name it. Go dip seven times in the Jordan. I ain't going to do it. I don't want to do it. I came here and I thought he was going to wave his hand. He was going to breathe on me and I was going to be healed. I am not going to dip in the water. See, you and I will have the feeling of offense and then we will have the choice to live or not live offended. That's two stages. I wrote this down. To live offended is like drinking. I said this last week. I'm going to repeat it again. To live offended is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Hebrews 12, 15 says in the New Living, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Literally, the writer of Hebrews says, listen, if you allow an offense to settle in, bitterness becomes a root and then it causes trouble for you and it will leak out for somebody else. Literally, you look at that scripture and it says, listen, if you allow the enemy to cause something to grow in you that God never designed, you might think that it's impacting somebody else. It's not. It's going to impact you and that negative feeling that you have is going to in turn begin to impact somebody else that's connected to you. The one who may have hurt you or offended you may be moving on with their life. And you and I might be stuck. Name is like, whatever. I'm out of here. The Bible doesn't say that Elisha went and chased him down. 
The Bible says that he went away in rage. He started off angry, but then he went away in rage, indignant. Who does he think he is? How many times have we walked away from God? Because the enemy has thrown some pain, some hurt. And then we want to walk away from God versus going, there's an enemy that's trying to make me miss what God has for me. See, the enemy was trying to pull Naaman away with an offense so that he doesn't get all that God's called. Can you imagine being on the verge of healing and wholeness? And you go, that's not the way I wanted to do it. Write this down. The number one reason people live offended is unfulfilled expectation. The number one reason people live offended is unfulfilled expectation. Write these down. There's three. Unspoken, unmet, and unrealistic. Unspoken, unmet, and unrealistic. Naaman had scripted out the way he wanted his interactions to go. You and I so many times will script out how we want the job to go, the marriage to go. We want our friendships to go, our relationship with God to go, how we want God to answer prayers, never really including God. Naaman had already scripted it. I'm going to go down. I'm going to knock on the door. I'm going to say, here you go. And then what's going to happen is the prophet's going to come in. He's going to wave his hand and he's going to say, be cured. Naaman had an expectation that he, had, didn't spec, that he didn't speak about. That was unrealistic because that's not how God wanted to do it. And then it was just one that was just unmet. Don't drink the poison. See, the enemy, in all of his subtlety, will use an unfulfilled expectation as a trap for us to be offended. I don't know about you, but there have been a number of times with an individual, an organization, a boss, a person, an interaction, a friendship, whatever it may be, where I've been frustrated or walked in an offense, but I had the expectation and no one ever knew. As I'm counseling, uh, I'm getting a little bit older, and uh, I'm, I'm mentoring other pastors and ministry couples. And uh, as a pastor, my wife and I have the opportunity to speak life into the leaders of our church, but also couples and singles and young adults. And one of the things that we tell them out, out, of, out of the gate is get your vision from God, write your vision down, let God constrain you inside of the vision that he gives you. And then as you get married and you enter in certain relationships and friendships, you create the dialogue of vision that God would give for your marriage and you talk about the expectations because if you don't, when moments come of conflict, you're trying to win a battle that you're never designed to win. Unfulfilled expectations will lead you and I to a place of offense. So Naaman is frustrated, Naaman is mad, Naaman's got his own ideas, 
And I realize as I'm looking at Naaman, write this down. Being drawn into an offense distracts you from what's most important in your life. Naaman needed to have an encounter with God. Naaman needed to meet Jesus or meet, meet, meet God for himself. Naaman is going, based on what this servant girl said, you have an opportunity to encounter the miracle working power of God. But the offense pulls you away and begins to distract you from what's most important. Can I tell you? I don't know your level of pain. I don't know any pain that you may have caused. But the enemy would try to create a mirage to tell you that God doesn't want to heal that. God doesn't want to move you forward. God doesn't want you to be all that he's called you to be. God doesn't want to fulfill his purpose. So he starts distracting you and I with things that would pull us away from what really matters most in our life. Can I tell you with 100 percent assurance that the only thing that matters in your life right now is the relationship that you have with Jesus? It's your close proximity with Jesus. Nothing else matters more than your close proximity with Jesus. And the enemy would try to pull you away from the encounter that you will have with Jesus that can literally change the course of your life. Naaman was he took all of the effort to get all the way to the door of the prophet of God. But because it wasn't scripted the way he thought through his own expectation. He was being pulled away and distracted from what mattered most. What mattered most was that he was going to have an encounter with God. The result was that he was going to be healed. Can I tell you today, please don't hold on to anything in your life that you may have done or that may have been done to you when what matters most is available to you today, and that's Jesus. Write this. This is what I noted. Naaman's healing and wholeness was replaced by his anger and his rage. See, being drawn into an offense causes people to miss out on God's plan for their life. Naaman had a divine plan of God ready, scheduled for the day he knocked on the door. But the enemy, through an offense, through distrust and disapproval and not acknowledging the authority that rested on Elisha through God. Like, who's Elijah? Like, literally pulled him away from that moment that God wanted to have. That was a plan for his life. See, let me give you a warning. If the enemy convinces you to play a victim, you will stay a victim. If the enemy convinces you that what you had expected will not be fulfilled. He will allow you and I to rest as a victim. But can I say it's all about what God has planned for you? Not what he would try to distract us with. See, this is the reason why you and I need to be discipled. See, we said this, we said this, write this down. The choice to not live offended is a choice for a healthy soul, peaceful mind, and a blessed life. The choice to not live offended is the choice of a healthy soul, a peaceful mind, and a blessed life. Here is Naaman. I'm out of here. I'm not doing that. 
Oh. Here's what I realized. Watch this, y'all. Is at the beginning of Kings. That verse where we read, look, 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 2 Kings chapter 5. Listen to this now. It says that a band of raiders from Aram had gone out and watch now, taken captive a young girl from Israel and she served Naaman's wife. And she said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who was in Samaria, he would be cured of his leprosy. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. I realize, watch now, write this down. The choice to live, to not live offended is a choice for a healthy soul, a peaceful mind and a blessed life. The Bible says that there was a servant girl who was taken hostage, taken captive and was serving in Naaman's house. She could have easily said, let him die. I didn't want to be here. I, they, 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 they have nothing to do with me. I'm in forced labor. Let him die. She could have been praying behind the scenes. Let all of them die. She chose to not live offended. When she saw that the grace of God that was resting on her life to be able to endure a place where she didn't want to be, y'all, come on. She literally said, the one that I serve needs to encounter God. She chose to live with a healthy soul. I don't know what she felt like every single day, but the fact that she would offer God to the one who had stolen her away tells me that she was choosing to not live offended and walking with a healthy soul, a peaceful mind, and a spiritually blessed life. She literally said, you deserve the grace of God just as much as I do. Can I tell you that you deserve the grace of God just as much as I do. I deserve the grace of God just as much as you do. Dipping ain't easy. See, the enemy would try to identify the situation in our life, wants us to stay there to push us apart. To not live offended is a choice. This young girl says, you need to encounter God for yourself. See, I realize in looking at this young lady that Write this down. When you pour out the poison, it frees you from toxicity. When you pour out the poison, it frees your soul. It frees you up. I'm not holding on to this hurt. I'm not holding on to this pain. Yes, yes, I walked through it. It's not a, it's not a lack of acknowledging what happened. It's just like, you know what? I am not going to allow the enemy to hold me back from seeing somebody else's life change through my story. I'm not going to allow the enemy to hold me back from a mistake that I made when God's grace saved me and healed me. I accept it. I'm not going to allow the enemy to take me out. I'm not going to let my trust and obedience in God decrease my acknowledgement of his authority. When you pour out the poison, it no longer, it's no longer drinkable. If I had a glass here and I poured it out, I can't drink that. See, when you and I say, I will not live offended, we're saying, hey, I'm not drinking the poison. Psalms 119, 160, 160, uh, 
165, or verse 16, I'm sorry, I might have mistyped it. It says, great peace have those which love thy law, and nothing shall offend thee. Great peace have those who love thy law, and nothing shall offend thee. Write this down. We're bringing this home. Healthy people help hurt people heal. Healthy people help hurt people heal. Watch this. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 13. Elisha, Elisha said, hey, I'm going I'm to heal you. Go dip seven times. Name is like dip it ain't easy. This young girl has already given an example of, listen now, I'm not going to live offended. My soul is healthy. My mind's at peace. I'm living a, a spiritually blessed life. I want you to experience that. Look at what happens when healthy people help hurt people heal. Second Kings chapter five, verse 13. Now Naaman's servants went to him and said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, you would have done it. How much more then when he tells you wash and be cleansed? So Naaman went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a boy. Can I tell you that healthy people help hurt people heal? All around Naaman was people who wanted to see him walk in what God had for him as a plan. The enemy's trying to pull him away at the point of his blessing and his miracle. The little girl says, the young girl says, God's got something for you. The servants that walk with him says, listen, listen, you are so close. Don't get distracted by an unfulfilled expectation. If, if you would have been asked to do something grand and spectacular, you would have done it. But because it wasn't the way you scripted, you were turning away. Listen to what God has for you. Can I tell you, listen to the fact that God wants you to be all that he's called you to be today. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've gone through, his healing is available to you today. Write this down. And this is what Naaman did. Pour out the poison. Drink more water. That's what I wrote down. Pour out the poison and drink more water. The Bible says in John 7, verse 37, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow out of them. Pour out the poison and drink more water. Don't let the things that we hear and the attacks of the enemy begin to shape our relationship with God. Why? Because longevity doesn't equate to spiritual and natural maturity. We need to be in a relationship with God the Father, but we also need to be in a community of people. That's the reason why we always talk about being plugged in to a city group. It's a group of like-minded people going through life, trying to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We're all on a journey. We're all on a journey. To, we never arrive. We want to be as close to Jesus as we can. The Bible says that Naaman was like dipping ain't easy, but the men around him said, do exactly as God promised you. 
And the Bible says when he dipped once, twice, three, four, five, six, seven times, his body was restored just like a little baby. See, the enemy would try to distract you and pull you away from what's most important in your life, your relationship with God. Then he tried to pull you from God's plan for your life. Can you imagine the moment that Naaman came out and he could hug his kids again, his wife again? He could be the leader that God called him to be. Because he allowed himself to overcome the offense. Write these down. I'm going to give them to you quick. Here's just some practical keys right where you are. Number one, manage your expectations. Number two, don't expect favors from people. Number three, leave room for what you don't know. Leave room for what you don't know. And number four, fight for the freedom you've been given. Galatians chapter five, verse 13 says, for you were called to freedom. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. When Naaman finally let go of his unfulfilled expectations and said, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to acknowledge that you have full authority. I'm going to overstep this obstacle of being frustrated and angry. I'm going to trust that what you have planned for me works. I'm going to push past my emotion of offense. Dipping ain't easy. I just want you to know it. But I'm going to obey. Getting over the offense, y'all. Getting over the hurt, it's not easy. You might have to dip seven times. The number of seven means completion in Scripture. Maybe every time Naaman dipped, he was going, man, I, I, first time I was told, I just said he could just rub his hand, and then his heart was just getting better. Jesus actually said that if someone does a disservice to you, you might have to forgive them seven times. 70. Dipping's not easy because the poison of the enemy can stick sometimes and it's hard to shake. But this morning, I'm asking us to dip. Dip. Pour out the poison. Let's drink a little water. We're going to manage our expectations, y'all. We're not going to expect favors from, from people. We want what God wants. We want to spend time with God so that he can download to us what he wants to do. I wrote this down. In 2022, God wants you to be 100% healthy in all areas. When we talk about going above and beyond, we're literally saying, God, you're able to do exceedingly abundantly. Not me. You're able to do. Not you. You're able to do, Father God, exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, hope, think, or imagine. God wants you 100% healthy in every area of your life so that you and I can handle the above and beyond.
I want to pray for you right where you are. Don't drink the poison. I've got a number of things that I just want to declare over you. As I was praying for this week, I felt like I was supposed to declare over you Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. So those of you who've been dealing with offense, I don't know who you are, just right where you are, I want you to just say this right where you are. Come on, put your hand on your heart. Just say, Father God, I give you every hurt, I give you every pain. For every hurt or pain that I've caused, I repent. Forgive me for holding on to the pain, the hurt. I give it all to you now. Devil, you have no place, no authority in my life. Jesus, lead me. In Jesus' name. Amen. With every head bow, every eye closed. For those of you who haven't come into a relationship with Jesus yet, Remember I told you that an offense will try to keep you away from what matters most, and that's your relationship with God. You've been watching, you've been hanging out, and this morning I want to give you an opportunity to know him as your Lord and Savior. Come on, everyone, keep your eyes on me. Look at me. Come on, don't get, don't get busy now. The most important decision you will ever make in your life, the greatest thing that will ever happen in your life is an opportunity to walk in your relationship with Jesus. No success will will ever measure up to the decision you will make today. There's a famous scripture that the world knows. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. God loved you so much beyond where you may be to give his son for you. Right now, I want to pray a prayer with you. Would you just bow your heads just as a solemn moment between you and God? I'm going to pray a prayer, and I just want you to just pray this prayer after me. There's nothing magical about the prayer, but if you extend your faith to the Father, your heart begins to pray what your words really mean. Come on, pray this with me. Say, Dear Jesus, today I come to you in need of a Savior. I acknowledge the wrongs of my past, my present, and I give you my future. I acknowledge that you died for me and you rose again and you've given me life. And on this day, I accept the gift of salvation into my life. I declare that you are now my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, City Place. Come on, can you make some noise for Jesus? Can you make some noise for Jesus? right where you are. Well done. Well done on the decision that you made today. Hey, listen, I want you to give you two next steps. The first next step is that connection card that I shared with you earlier or texting the word City Place to 94000. Our team wants to come around you, encourage you, send you some different resources to push you into your relationship with God. And then I also want to encourage you to sign up to be a part of a city group. We have city groups in person as well as taking place online. We want to push you into becoming a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. And so well done on the decision that you made today. This is the year that God will do above and beyond. Well, hey, right now it's our time to worship the Lord with our giving. I want to let you know that um, over these next 
few days, we're gonna be sending uh, some aid to, to um, some of the international things that's happening in the Ukraine with families. Uh, we've got a pastor friend uh, that has been uh, connecting with us. Um, he lives in the United States, but his family uh, is in the Ukraine right now, and he's been sharing some of the things that's been going on. And so part of our kingdom finances is, is to literally be a blessing um, and to be the hands and feet of Jesus around the world. And so uh, we're gonna to continue to do that. And so it's through your kingdom partnership, through your obedience uh, and your kingdom giving. And so uh, I just wanted to just share that with you um, as well. So uh, let's get ready to do that. And then Easter, Easter happens April the 17th. And I wanna encourage you to be a part of our serve team as well as attending our service. We're gonna be hosting two services uh, at our in-person camp, uh, campus, as well as have some services online. And so there are opportunities for you to serve. We're asking every single person at City Place Church to worship a service and serve a, a service because we've got uh, activities for the kids and only God knows um, who he's gonna send to encounter him during this weekend, but we would love for you to serve along with us. So more information, you're gonna have that opportunity to hear over these next couple of weeks, as well as some invite opportunities through social media so you can share with your family and your friends. But we wanna make sure that this is the year that God does above and beyond and we want to play our part. So let me pray. Father, I love you today. I thank you for just the opportunity to share your word. Jesus, everything that we do is for your glory. Thank you for those that uh, allowed you to heal a broken place, to get over the offense and to be aligned with your purpose. Thank you for those that said yes to walking in relationship with you. Let everything that we say and everything that we do bring you honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week, City Boy. Thanks for joining us. If you've been encouraged by this message, be sure to subscribe to the City Place Church podcast. And we want to hear from you. Post a picture on any of your social media outlets with the hashtag CityPlaceChurch to be a part of the conversation. Thanks again for listening. And we'll see you next time.